My name is Tom Fenning. And I'm Peter Skerritt. And this is the Beckles Baptist Church Reading Together podcast. A podcast in which aims to encourage us as a church family as we read through Tim Chester's book, Enjoying God, so to prompt us to further thinking and further discussion of what we have read. Uh, this is episode seven, and we're looking at chapter six in the book, which is entitled, In Every Failure, We Can Enjoy the Son's Grace. Uh, we have just finished chapters three, four, five, which are three chapters focusing on God the Father and how we enjoy relationship with him. The next three chapters, six, seven, eight, are going to be focusing on how we can enjoy our relationship with God the Son. And do remember, the end of the goal of the book is to help us grasp that we can enjoy relationship with God, both as Father, Son, and as Spirit. And as we look at chapter 6, the aim of the chapter itself here is to help us enjoy relationship with God the Son by underlining in our minds that forgiveness of sin is not just possible, it is certain because of what Jesus has done. And we delight knowing him through his forgiving work. Um, Pete, just give us a... We're zeroing in on Jesus here, Mm. and Tim Chester paints out what Jesus is up to now (laughs) and how that can grant us assurance of forgiveness. Mm. Um, Yeah, he basically tees up the question, what's Jesus doing now? And in short, from the chapter, you could say everything and nothing. Um, uh, everything in the sense, uh, particularly in the first couple of pages of the chapter, uh, that he's actively involved in the life mission of the church right now. Uh, and whilst we, we tend to think of Jesus being a past figure who, who did great things, uh, we just need to remember, like right now, ascended on the high, he's not lost control, he's in charge of all things. Um, but the principal thing that I think that's really a stepping stone. Yes, Jesus is doing everything now. It's not like he's, he's got no hand in the church. But he's, he's also principally busy doing nothing. That's the, the phrase from page 77, which we've both found particularly helpful and memorable. Um, do you want to summarise what that, what that means, busy doing nothing? Well, it, yeah, it hinges on this quote from um, Hebrews 10, which talks about the kind of pattern of the Old Testament priests. Mm that in the Old Testament sacrificial system, there was a daily nature to it, that every day you stood up and you made sacrifices all over again because the sacrifices weren't ultimately effective. But then Jesus turns up as the ultimate priest who fulfills all the priesthoods, and he does something that none of the other priests do in, in this, simply that he is sat down. Yes, it's in page 78, uh, summing up Hebrews 10, the point is this, he sits because his work of salvation is done, it's finished, he's made complete atonement. Yeah, do it for Jesus, doing nothing is a full-time job, busy doing nothing. And um, he he really proceeds to unpack for us, doesn't he, as Christians, what that means, because it would be all very well to say, well, great, that's great for Jesus, Uh, but what does that mean for us? And his principal thing is saying, well, if you're joined to Jesus, then whatever is true of Jesus is true for you too. So if he's seated right now with his Father, that's your guarantee that you are right with the Father too. And, and so he's pointing to Jesus busy doing nothing, it's finished. And then the implications are for us that we rest in that mm. and trust him. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
So, yeah, page 79. When you think of Jesus, your first thought should be to think of him before the Father on your behalf. As long as Jesus is in heaven, your place is guaranteed. Great, great. And he then quotes the, the Augustus top lady hymn, doesn't he? He talks yeah. about the, the spirits in heaven. They may be more happy than us, but not secure. Um, and just the whole, that, the halfway down page 80, only if Jesus were to be thrown out of heaven would our place in heaven be in jeopardy. And that's never going to happen. So just that sense of certainty, his work is finished. He's now in the one place where he intercedes for us yeah. and our security is certain, our forgiveness is guaranteed. Which is where, where Chester then pushes it home for us and says, well, if Jesus is busy doing nothing, the thrust of this chapter is that actually we need to get busy doing nothing Mm -hmm. top of page 81 it says of course there's there's lots we should be doing as christians but when it comes to earning salvation winning god's approval we need to be busy doing nothing we don't need to do anything for god to be pleased with us because jesus has done everything Mm -hmm. so we we don't need to do anything we do nothing but i think it's it's helpful to say get busy doing that because i think there's an active sense in which you have to to realise and stop trying to do things to approve, to yeah. get God's approval. And I think if I'm, if I'm not being conscientious in actually handing over my guilt, pleading forgiveness from the Lord Jesus, I will become very busy at mm. trying to earn God's favour and stack up enough brownie points so that he would want to forgive me. Whereas actually, if Jesus really has finished his work, I need to be conscientiously handing over the guilt of my sin because, and letting that go. Because, I, I mean, as Christians, as humans, we, as he says, we default to trying to win God's approval. If the default setting is this, then we're constantly having to correct our hearts to lean on him, not ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is why he then gives a skew of uh, really helpful quotations from John Owen, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and um, unlike the Calvin quotes, which are really complicated, <laughs> the John Owen quotes are just dead we simple. Like these, so yes. <laughs> very top of page 82, God requires me to open my hands release my grip and let him deal with my sin and that I heartily consent to. And then he adds on, this is every day's work. Mm. I know not how any peace can be maintained with God without it. And just that encouragement to go back to what we saw in the Lord's Prayer uh, a week or two ago where we're urged to be people who plead, forgive us our sins. Mm. And it's as we plead forgiveness that we know that blessing. Mm. And which we tend to think, he notes, that that's the way into the Christian life. And as people of faith often say, the way in is the way on. That the way in is to release your grip of your sin and hand it to Jesus. And that's the way on. Yeah. As a Christian, that's how you will grow. That's how you will delight in him and enjoy him and have confidence with him. Peter, he then goes on to use this illustration. Tim just used the illustration of blessed bartering. Mm. So bartering being a kind of when you try and sell something or buy something. And we, we are saying that this is both a delightful illustration and a failed one as well. Yeah. yeah. Because think, it's very different kind of bartering, isn't it? Yeah, so it, if one says we get the lovely exchange, it's a great idea of exchanging. But when you're bartering, you're trying to drive a hard deal, obviously. And as you said earlier, no... Uh, Jesus does not drive a hard deal. Um, he says, like, trying to trade with your granddad, uh, as in, he's, he wants to give it to you. <laughs> so he's not pushing hard for something that he's not going to, yeah. It, I, absolutely, you come to him. Hey, I do a deal, he says. I take your failures, sin, guilt, bitterness, curse, wrath, and death, and in return I'll give you joy, 
love, life, righteousness, peace. Now, Jesus is not driving a hard deal uh, when it comes to that. It's a blessed bartering, and um, yeah, whatever you think of the illustration, it's a, it's a helpful phrase to have in your mind, that daily, this is what I'm doing. Mm. I'm, having, I'm taking part in an exchange where I'm blessed. Uh, well, I suppose as he is cursed for taking on our things mm. and paying for them, we, we receive the blessing. Yeah. A great deal. Mm. Yep. And towards it, before we just have a look at uh, one of the questions, um, just on page 84, one thing I found really helpful was this whole thing of when it talks about we're to love the Lord Jesus, that's not something that we can just conjure up on our, on our own. But instead, Tim Chester urges us as we seek to enjoy relationship with the Son, that actually we fix our eyes on Jesus. And as we do that, we look back to his work on the cross. We look up to his presence in heaven, showing that his work of forgiveness is complete. And then you look forward to the day when he returns for his people. And as you fix your eyes on Jesus in each of those three aspects, your love for him grows. And it's as you fix your eyes on him that you enjoy knowing him and you grow to love him more. I found that passage just really helpful. And this was the illustration with Mike. And Mike, at the end of the story, uh, end of the chapter simply flags that up a bit yeah, more right. but where are your eyes fixed and mike mike is on the is it the train or something and someone spills tea on him and he swears and thinks, where, where did that come from and oh it didn't come over me it, it came out of me that's what i'm like and he could have then stayed in self-pity and wallowing what am i like and he actually mulls over oh no there's nothing worthy in me but christ is more worthy and he thinks of christ at god's side he sorted everything He's in heaven on his behalf. Mm. So there's that, just that very visual. He's lifted his eyes. And that's where we should lift our eyes when things, when we fail. Yeah. We lift our eyes to the presence of the Son in the Father's presence. Mm. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. I, I think that just, that just touches on answering that. The fourth question here, doesn't it? Um, uh, how will we live if we're confident we have God's approval in Christ? It mm. doesn't necessarily mean we'll live a life utterly free of sin. Mm. But actually, when we blow it, we, like Mike in that example, will be quick to pray, Father, please forgive me. Uh, thank you for what Jesus has done. And I just think, I, I, I am healthy when in those moments when I blow it, living for Christ, that I'm quick to pray and plead his forgiveness. Mm. Okay, that concludes um, episode seven, looking at chapter six of Enjoying God. Um, praise God for his son, who has secured certain forgiveness. Praise God that his son is now busy doing nothing because his work of sacrifice is complete. And may we, in the days ahead, also be people who are busy doing nothing and instead entrusting our guilt to him, remembering how he has said, it is finished. That's it for now. We'll be back next week with more episodes from Enjoying God. See you then. (laughs) 